Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. And today I'm chatting to Fenella. And if Fenella, you'd like to introduce yourself and tell us what your business is, please. Oh, hello, Ross. Fenella Madison and I make cheese. <laughs> okay, Fenella. <laughs> and what, what's your business called? It's called Tortable Cheese. I live in the parish of Tortable in Guernsey. And uh, yeah, Tortable Cheese was just a name that sort of fitted. That's a good name. But Thank how, you. Long, how long ago did you start Tortable Cheese? Um, 2008, I started. Um, I actually started with goat's cheese um, and then the supply of milk dried up literally, literally. And so I went into cow's milk cheese after that. So 2008, 2009. Okay, so why did you get into uh, making cheese? Um, well, it was all very fashionable at the time to get into food. And uh, I, I'd been a, um, an NHS nurse for 25 years and I wanted to get into food, uh, increasingly wanted to get into food and I wanted to be self-employed. So it, it, it sort of it was two things really, getting out of, uh, of a career in nursing and going into something I'd always sort of hankered after running my own business. So it, it wasn't necessarily sort of a desire to make cheese, but it, it was just you were trying to figure out something that you could do where you, you're your own boss, basically. It, it was really, if I'm honest, that was the primary um, the nudge. Yeah, that would that was um, I do get on very well with people, but uh, just the idea of working on my own in a room with the radio on and, and now now the radio has been supplanted by podcasts but it's ju it's just lovely planning your day and uh, just doing it and any stress that you get is more what you've created yourself it's coming from no one else really so no I love it okay so who are you selling to do you sell to the general public or do you supply shops um, both really. Um, it, I started off doing farmers markets and, and that was actually essential and I'd, I'd advocate that for anyone starting um, a small kitchen table business to get out there and test the water with a face-to-face um, -face contact with customers. Then eventually it got too time consuming to actually sell direct to the, the public because that can be a couple of days really out of production so um, now I mainly sell to shops and to one distributor who sends them on to restaurants um, but the distributor that that side of the business has really gone down with Covid as you can imagine so yeah. at the moment it's only really direct to shops. Okay, um, in Guernsey, we've got a little tradition that we called head, we call hedge veg, and it traditionally used to be when people were growing or producing things, the extras that they they weren't going to make use of themselves, they they'd sell on the hedge, and people would just drop cash in a box, an honesty yes. box. And do you do you do that yourself with the cheese at all? Um, I don't because I I'd, I'd need to put a fridge on the the yeah. and and some power. Um, but the nearest I do do to that is selling in the local farm shop in Tortable. So that's that's an honesty shop. So people go in and put money into the letterbox there. And that's that's got great stuff in it. It's um, I, am I allowed to say where it is or not? Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Oh, right. Smithfield Farm with Caroline and Frank's farm just down the road opposite the cemetery in um, Tortable. And she sells meat, eggs, cheese, milk vegetables toys yeah it's great in there 
or have actually invited them on to talk about uh, to talk on a podcast as well. So if you talk to them, just nod them in. Yeah, I, I, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll talk to Karen. I'll send you a message later today. <laughs> what sort of different cheeses do you do? Well, it it as I said, it started off goat's cheese. Um, or oh, maybe I didn't say started off goat's no, cheese. Oh, you did, yeah. And then oh, I did. Sorry. Um, and um, that was just a simple white goat's cheese, soft goat's cheese. And now it's primarily a blue soft cheese called Fort Grey. Um, but I also make. I've also got three white ones that I do um, but on, on my label for them I say bluish coat because the blue from the the fork gray gets into everything so um, and and so far it's worked I haven't had phone calls saying I've got a blue spot on my white cheese people when the label's clear people know that it might have a blue spot here and there on the yeah. on the rind yeah so uh, four cheeses mainly and sometimes I do a simple curd but that's not very often, just old fashioned cheese curds that people use either just to eat as they are or they put in cheesecakes. Yeah. And being Guernsey, I mean, most of the people that I'm talking to, there is some kind of connection because Guernsey's so small, it's, you, you bump into each other almost every week. I've tasted your, your the Fort Grey, the blue one. It's, it's like um, trying to describe it to people. It's, it's a soft cheese, but it's blue. It's got the blue veins in it and it's really nice. I've, You've oh, thank done, you, thank you. Yeah, you've done, you do the Marche, um, which is a, an old traditional Guernsey show yes. that happens every year. And you, you do it on toasties, don't you? I do. Um, yeah, and it's a very, very good way of using up. Um, I, I always, in a batch, get some duds. Well, I, I call them duds, but they, they're hard and they refuse to go soft. So they're, they're great in toasties, you know. That's yeah. a, uh, I think running a business, you have to find out how to cope with your wastage, don't you, and turn it into an opportunity and not a, um, a curse. <laughs> do so, you have a yeah, I love the bien machine. Sorry. Do, do you have a favourite locally produced uh, accompaniment to go with that, a, a nice chutney or something? Oh, yes. Well, um, Rocket Cider do lovely chutneys and um, Sue F. Grape, who sells at the market in town, does lovely um, chutney. So, yeah, any of those and uh, or I'm, I'll make something myself. But, yeah, lots of there's lots of talent on this island. You just have to just know where to find it. Yeah. What's a working day for you doing the, the cheese making or a working week? What does that look like? Right. Well, one batch will take two full days and then it will need to have certain jobs done over the next month. So from fetching the milk to going into the shop is a month, but it's not intensive work. The intensive work really is the two days making and then maybe another day wrapping. That takes a very long time to wrap the cheese. It's all hand wrapped in cheese paper. Right. Do you want a typical day then? Ross, yeah. when I'm actually yeah, making it. Okay, I drive to the dairy. I don't have the cows. I, I buy the milk from the dairy and it comes supplied in, in 13.6 litre boxes. They're the sort of boxes that go into, they, they contain a plastic bag with, uh, with the milk and they're designed to go into those cooler milk machines that you get in, in cafes. And so basically it's all in plastic bags for me. I cut off the corner, empty into a vat, heat the milk up, add some um, ingredients, then add the rennet, then go away, have my lunch, do other things in the house, which is another great thing about working from home. You can, you know, anytime um, you've got spare, you can do something else, which you can't do if you're just watching like paint dry on a wall. 
And uh, anyway, so I come in, have my lunch, then I cut the curd, do a few more things for the next hour. Then I pour the, the cheese curds into molds, which are all sitting on a big table. Then over the next six hours, I turn it three times, then cover it and leave it overnight. The way goes to a friend who keeps pigs for his own consumption and or I chuck it on the garden and it makes the trees, you know, the apple trees bear more fruit. Then the next day I come in, take the molds off the cheese. The cheese has then gone from about eight inches down to about one and a half, two inches in, in height. And I, I hand salt every one of them and then rinse the salt off after a certain time and put it in the ripening fridge. That's okay. basically two days work. Yeah. So... A batch like that, how many litres of milk would that be in total? Um, usually the average amount of milk is probably 100, about 150 litres. And I, I up it at Christmas because I've got to do as much as I can at Christmas and, and uh, e even put extra fridges in the house to cope with the stuff I've got ripening at Christmas. So, it, yeah, about 150 litres is the average, but it can go up to 200 and, and the Fort Grey, it's wrapped, it's sort of like a hockey puck size, but how many of those would you do out of that 150 litres? Uh, probably about 130, oh, something right, like okay. that. Yeah, it depends which sizes. I do different sizes for different market, for different customers. They're medium size, which is more than the one you probably know. There's small, medium and large. Large goes to delis to be cut up medium goes to the restaurants or to customers at Christmas they'll buy the medium because it's you know they're much, they, they appear to be more expensive but there's the same price really per kilo as the small ones so but mostly I do small ones and do you have many do you supply many local restaurants um I did I did do via the distributor so I don't quite know how many they they've got on their books but right okay um it's much easier take to the take to Samandis and they they ship them out for me. So it's much easier than driving around the island. You, you know what it's like, Ross. It's a small island, but it takes a long time to get from A to B, doesn't it? Especially <laughs> yeah. if the roads are and quite often the roads are closed, aren't they? The direct route is not always open to you. That's it. The milk you use <laughs> is from Guernsey cows, and you have to buy that from the dairy. You can't source it from anywhere else because in Guernsey we've <laughs> We've got quite strict rules on um, what milk we're allowed to use. We're not allowed to use raw milk or anything like that. I don't know if you, you right. can expand on the rules on that at all. Um, well, I'm, the dairy won't supply me with unpasteurised. So I pasteurise milk and all the milk, the, the milk laws are such that you can't yet access milk from the farmer. So if I did access milk from the farmer, I'm sure it, it might take a, another law. I'm not sure, but I could try to do unpasteurized milk. But that would bring in another, a further expense of testing every batch in England. So which would cost me probably £50 each test, which probably isn't much. But over, that's a lot to lose from yeah. um, a batch of cheese. So, I, you know, it, it, things are never quite as easy as you think they're going to be. But no. the dairy have got very good quality control. If there's anything wrong with the milk, I don't. they ring me up and say, can you have it tomorrow instead? You know, and it can, it can fail on a tiny thing. And this doesn't happen very often, but the dairy are on the case straight away. So I've got huge reassurance with, uh, by buying milk straight from the dairy. 
Yeah. Do you know um, the purpose of why they're so strict on the rules? I mean, it's probably fairly obvious, but if you can explain at all. Um, well, they're, they're, um, it's about the only, they're very afraid that the, the, if they allow, because I don't know if people know, but you can't even buy UHT milk in Guernsey. You're not allowed to import milk is not allowed, basically. They're, they're frightened that the, the dairy industry will go to the wall if people are allowed to buy cheaper milk. I personally don't think it would go to the wall. I, I think if they allow people to buy cheaper milk, we could export our milk yep. as a premium product. So I, I think there'll be movement on that one day. But it seems to me it'd be nice if people could could buy afford you know more affordable milk yeah. and those who want to you know support their dairy can do so but the dairy can also promote it a- abroad you know I think that would be a win-win but yeah. um, anyway we'll, we'll see it's a bit of a, um, a taboo isn't it and That's it. our dairy industry we we have certainly got to um, protect it and the farmers and the, the cows are kept as far as I know the cows are having a lovely life they're out on lovely beautiful green fields sometimes with a view of the sea and so the animal welfare is great and the product is great yeah I'm, i don't know um what goes behind the scenes at, at the dairy what they try to do with promoting it but i do believe that we are missing a trick by trying to get it out to restaurants and to to celebrity chefs to put it on tv and things like that yes yeah. i mean it's such a quality product i mean it sounds really biased but i've been to the uk and france and that's about as far afield as i've been but no milk can compare to Guernsey milk. It's the because we've got three different kinds of milk. You you've got skimmed, semi-skimmed, and then you've got full fat. So you do try milk elsewhere, and it's it tastes funny, doesn't it? Or it tastes watery. Yeah. Uh, it's almost um, like here. paint or PVA glue or something. Isn't it? <laughs> Guernsey <laughs> here, milk. It's like drinking cream. The red it's milk. Beautiful. It's beautiful, and of course, the cheese is made from the red milk, um, and it's also not homogenized. A lot of um, English milk is homogenized and that does something to the fat product, the fat molecules. So it's not good for cheese. So I'm very, very lucky that I've got this. Yeah. Yeah, because there's something that's fairly unique to, to Guernsey milk as well. I was reading up on it before trying to do a little bit of research, but beta casein A2 protein. Apparently, yes. uh, Guernsey, Guernsey cow milk has got 80% of that in, in it. Jersey has only got 40 and ordinary milk, it's it's stated, which is probably um, Holston cows or whatever, but they've they've only got 15. So Guernsey... It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, it's a USP, isn't it, really, um, for Guernsey milk? But the problem is, I think they're, they're afraid to push the A2 in the milk here because it's it's a bit like homeopathy. They, you, we need a bit more research done on it. But I, I'm convinced by the goodness of the A2 milk. And also there's a lot of talk now about the um, biome, which it consists of the gut bacteria that fight off infection and keep us well. And the biggest thing you can do in your life really is have a varied diet to feed your gut bacteria. But also cheese is very good for it, especially blue cheese. So we're on to a win-win. We've got the A2 and we've got the, the blue mould in the cheese. I say, and people worry about the fat content in, in the red milk, but bearing in mind it's it's only like, what, 4% fat? It, it's, 90, yeah. it's, it's 96% fat-free. <laughs> I don't know yes. why people worry about it. Oh, nor do I. And I think people have just got to start thinking what's real food and what isn't real food and yeah. stop worrying yeah. about the real food, you know, just just embrace it. 
if it comes if something comes out of a crinkly packet it's probably not going to be real food is it or do you no. do you a huge amount of good you know there are some exceptions but i think yeah this is slow food real food and uh uh yeah, yeah full fat milk is much better for you than any other sort of milk as far as i'm concerned and full fat everything is better for you exactly but um moving forward with your business are you are you happy with the the setup you've got would you like to change anything expand adapt anything do you know i i'm very happy with it really i would love I would love really to have sorted out a um, huge fridge to um, ripen my cheese. I've got standalone fridges and it takes a long time cleaning them every time. And they go a bit, you know, the doors can go a bit rusty. So I'm always having to paint out the rust because it's like a sauna in there with damp, uh, yeah. with humidity and water and whey. Um, so uh, ideal world, I'd have a walk-in um cheese right now but but you know you i can't it's too small in there to i can't really afford to um invest in that because um i'm i'm only i'm a small business um yeah. if, if i started exporting to england it would be different um I, I have got news on that actually people always asking often they've had a holiday here and then they want to see where they can get it in england which is very nice and and good for my self-esteem but I can't get it to England. Can't I can't get it there chilled over the sea, which sounds ridiculous. But you, they'll only take a pallet, um, right. and you probably know. I don't know, Ross, if you know how big a pallet is, but that's probably yeah. a year's yeah. supply in a pallet. But I have got a friend who's setting up as a cheesemaker in England, and he's got a small plane. So watch this space. We're going. I'm going to be able to. I hope sell it via this friend who's setting up in Sussex. Right, okay. Um, so would, yeah. Would so your we might friends, get it in Sussex. Okay. Would your friend supply the cold um, transport or would you have to go and invest yes. in a... No, they, they'd bring um, very clever boxes um, in the plane and they could apparently take 600 kilos, which is an awful lot, in these boxes. So the cold... The, chill chain will not be broken it only takes probably an hour to get from here to um shoreham airport and then then they don't live too far away from there so it's it would be great and you wouldn't i'm just assuming that you wouldn't want to be changing your your profit margin on that so if a uk buyer suddenly turned around to you and said look this is selling really well can you stock us i mean you wouldn't want them to be reducing your profit margin I wouldn't really because um, I could, I can at the moment sell all I can make here. So it would really nearly got it into um, a cheese shop in London called Paxton and Whitfield. Is it Whitfield? Oh, sorry, I might have got that wrong. But anyway, they, they said my cheese was the most expensive cheese that they would have on their books. And it costs more than a, apparently a rare cheese that they only have between march and april every year or something like that and it was an alpine cheese and the the goats came out once the you know the first first grass of the year and then they made the cheese it was a rare cheese and i i said well look you know i just can't do underneath such and such so it couldn't go to london even if i had got it there i couldn't i couldn't drop the price just just to say it's in london no. But, I mean, exclusivity isn't a bad thing. I was listening to a podcast yesterday uh, about marketing to do with exclusivity, and there's 
a thing called a Birkenbag. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're very they're the most expensive handbag in the world. Are they about five thousand pounds or something? Sixty thousand pounds and upwards. Oh you're oh gosh. Named after (laughs) Jane Birkin, isn't it? Yeah, the actress was carrying one around, wasn't yeah, yeah. They're so exclusive that you've got to be the right sort of um discriminatory really they you've got to be the yeah. right type of person that they'll before they'll even allow you to buy one so it creates oh demand my goodness for them. so your, so they, your cheese they, could almost doing... <laughs> your cheese could almost be the same you've got a waiting list a waiting list for a waiting list for your cheese that would be lovely wouldn't it oh gosh yes that would be good yeah <laughs> and, and could you upscale to supply like that at all without having to um i i could <sighs> It, it would uh, it would really be like I suppose like the whole year is like like it is at Christmas when I really upscale I could do it but I'd have to um, start employing someone to help me so yeah it's possible okay and I'm pretty sure I remember seeing you post online that your cheese has won awards yes um, yes it's it's won um, it's won golds and silvers and bronzes um but it's also been sent to various competitions and they've refused to taste it because it's come out of its it hasn't you know the chill factor has gone so it's very difficult to send send to a a competition i send next day delivery if you send in the winter it'll get there safely but if you send in the summer it's too warm for them to safely taste does it have to be yeah. chilled? Would it take? Would it change its taste if it was frozen? Um, can be frozen. I but I have even sent it frozen in the summer to a competition, and it, it was too warm then. It defrosted despite the cool cool box and the cool, cold packs. But yet it has to be kept at four to five degrees until you're about until what half an hour before you're going to eat it, and then bring it up to room temperature, cut a bit off, and and. Uh, bring it up to room temperature that way otherwise it's not been it's not at its optimum taste if you take it straight out of a fridge but yes it does need to be kept in a fridge okay so you worked in um, the nhs in the uk uh, for 25 yes. years what brought yes. you to guernsey we were uh, just needing a change really and we thought we'd come over here for a couple of years and that was 2004 we really really liked it because it is lovely um uh, it's I love living in Sussex as well, but but here it's it's just oh gosh it's it's a fantastic place to live, isn't it? So we it we're is. still here, and we're now um, got local status now, so we're we're here for as long as we want to be. Like you say, with your your business, you don't really want to get any bigger or anything because it it's a good lifestyle. That that's the thing people get with it, running their own business. They're their own boss. It, it's flexible. You you. You're at the beck and call of no one else, and it's it's a good lifestyle. You, the demand oh, for your is. work is what you put on it. Yes, I mean it, it's you you can't be work shy though, can you? Running your no. own business because you have to be a grafter, and and luckily I am. Uh, um, you know I don't mind hard work at all. So my only limitation really is 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 energy. Um, um, but yeah, if, if as I say, if I do get bigger, I'll get get someone in to help, and that that would be good. Yeah, because you've got a daughter as well. Would she be interested in taking it on whenever um, you wanted to retire? Uh, I've got three daughters, and oh, no, they're not interested, unfortunately. <laughs> I think um, they might change their um, mind. But, well, one of them's got daughters herself, so it could be the grandchildren take. But I I doubt it really. But yeah, I, I, I'll probably in the end have to sell it on to someone. 
and so the the more I can work on the the free white cheeses I've got, the better for eventual sell, I suppose. Um, but I, I can't can't imagine it yet. I'll know when it's ready to go, and it's not quite yet. Well, you're, I think you've done well. You've you've started. You've built something new and a, a pretty much a niche, really, in Guernsey. Because I don't think there was any other local cheese suppliers before that, especially not a soft or a blue cheese like that. And there wasn't a blue cheese, so that's why I got into blue. But there was a that those Girards down the lane, just down the lane from here, or walking distance, they do um, the goat's cheese. So goat's cheese was had a good 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 rate of supply really on the island, but not not. Not apart from the dairy, and uh, there were no other cow's milk cheesemakers. Yeah, it's good to talk to people, though, that have started something like that. Because a lot of the people you talk to, they, they like whoever you pass your business on to or sell it on to, they haven't really started it themselves. So it's interesting to talk to people and hear the challenges they've had. But... Yes, I, I think the challenge was confidence as well as, as, well as not, not being able to... <sighs> Um, in England, I could have gone and I could have followed a cheesemaker or, or apprenticed myself to one for, you know, unpaid work for three months or something, as long as I wasn't going to be competition for them. There were sort there were opportunities like that, and there's nothing like that here. So it was really I did go on two short courses, so four or five days of of courses. Um, but it's really confidence and learning by, you know, learning how to do things your way that counts really. Um, but yes, yeah, so it, it's it's a bit lonely at first, but then you meet great people along the along the way and make make loads of friends, and the customers become friends as well. That's for sure. Yeah, so so you you got you just got to keep pushing, even even if things don't seem like they're working, unless you keep pushing it every day. A friend told me once that someone told him that a business is like a wheelbarrow. Unless you push it every day, it's not going to go anywhere. And it's like a really yeah. simple way of thinking about it, but it's. It's spot on, you know, and like like you say, yes. with confidence, you've got to have confidence. And confidence. I find that a lot of small Guernsey businesses, the owners do lack confidence. I'm I'm inviting them on here. I, the last podcast I did was Sunday night, and it was a struggle. Like I really had to convince the lady to to come on. And a lot of people that I'm talking to, they oh, I don't like talking publicly. It's not really talking publicly. It's it's like no. a chat with me in the cafe. Yes. Is I mean, you need to be. If someone was to phone you and I say ask the same questions, it's it's only like chatting to a customer on the phone. But yes, he, I I think a lot of self-employed small business owners are a bit shy, aren't they? I, I yeah. think that might be, or or you know. But yeah, you have to actually. I mean, the modern way is to blow your trumpet, isn't it? Really, it's not to be modest. <laughs> You've got to. And, and if quiet. you're not going to sell yeah. your own business, no one's going to do it for you unless no, you pay them a lot right. of money. That's right. And I absolutely hate having my photograph anywhere. I hate being on television, but I've just had to bite the bullet and do it sometimes. And I don't have to watch it myself, do I? Hopefully I don't look as bad as I think I do. And that's, van <laughs> that's vanity anyway, isn't it? So, you know, you, you just have to do things you don't really want to do. You have to ring people up and see if they'll try the cheese and that sort of thing. You, you, you do have to be a bit pushy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Fenella. It's been an interesting chat, but have you got anything else you wanted to add about your business while you've got the opportunity? Um, I will, yes, I would like to say that probably Brexit is a huge opportunity. 
COVID is a huge opportunity because people are going to not travel as much. And let's hope they, they travel around Britain and see our fantastic British Isles, including Guernsey and, and Sark and Herm, of course, as well, and Alderney. So, yeah, I think that I think it's very exciting times ahead, personally. Yeah, lots of opportunities, aren't there? That, that's yeah. the thing. When things change, when one door closes, another door opens and it's just about getting off your bum and finding those open doors it, it is and I think I've been really lucky that I was allowed to uh, make the cheese during lockdown that was that was great really Guernsey was really sensible look she works on her own there's no contact there's very little contact apart from handing over the cheese to the customer you know the the shop customer um the retail business so there was very very little risk um, and Guernsey saw that they were sensible and I'm really thankful for that. And um, yeah, and, and I was just lucky that I haven't folded because I don't actually run anything where I, I'm, you know, face to face. So that, that I'm very lucky, really. OK, that, that's good. Yeah. I think our government should be uh, paying us for promoting the island. But we. Yeah. Um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, uh, there are a couple of deputies who are very, very keen, actually. I better not name them, but um, they've got some ideas for the coming year as well. And, and really enthusiastic deputies who are going to help push Guernsey into the right, into, it, up there where it belongs, really. Yeah. And deputies is what we call our politicians. But um, that's for yeah, anyone sorry. that doesn't yeah, live in yeah. Guernsey. <laughs> But okay, yeah. Penella, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for coming on and chatting and tell us. You're very welcome. All right. Thank Lovely you very job. much for asking, Ross. Thank no worries. You. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to Labour Force Chat and tune in next time. Cheers.